Hello, my rebels. I want to talk to you about a bizarre little incident in Victoria, the capital of British Columbia, where a foreign-funded group of eco-radicals using foreign-written propaganda has a little bit of a mischief campaign. I'll tell you about the campaign. I'll tell you how I detected that they were foreign-funded. It was actually pretty easy. And I'll compare their treatment to the treatment of, say, our friend Tamara Leach. That's ahead. But first, take a second to go to rebelnewsplus.com if you don't mind. Rebel News Plus is what we call the video version of this podcast. We put a lot of effort into the video side of things. We show clips. We show pictures. Today's show needs the video version to be fully experienced, I think. I know you're listening on a podcast, but please consider rebelnewsplus.com. Eight bucks a month to subscribe. My daily show and video. Plus, weekly shows by four of my colleagues. It's 36 episodes a month. Just eight bucks. And you know, we do need the dough because we don't take any from Trudeau. So we rely on you. Please go to rebelnewsplus.com. All right, here's today's show. Tonight, a British political violence group comes to Canada, but they're left-wing, so the media loves them. It's August 2nd, and this is The Ezra Levant Show. Shame on you, you censorious thug. I saw this tweet by a British Columbia journalist over the long weekend. It's a tweet and a picture. The words say, environmental activist group says it flattened the tires on 34 SUVs in Victoria and Oak Bay, warning this is just the beginning. It claims direct action works. This is not going to end well if one of these activists is caught in the act. Um, so that's in British Columbia. But can you find something odd about the piece of paper in that photograph? I'll read it. Attention, your gas guzzler kills. We have deflated one or more of your tires. Do you see it yet? Tires spelt with a Y. That's not how you spell tires. I don't think. Don't we spell it T-I-R-E? That Y spelling, that, that's British. That's how they spell it in the UK. I mean, they, they have some quirks. They say lorry instead of truck. They say torch instead of flashlight. It's one of those countless tiny wonderful differences between us and the mother country. You know, they don't say stop on a dime. They don't have dimes over there. This was written in London, London, England, not London, Ontario, and certainly not British Columbia. I'll read a bit more from the flyer. You'll be angry, but don't take it personally. It's not you. It's your car. We did this because driving around urban areas in your massive vehicle has huge consequences for others. And it goes on with a bunch of junk science claiming that your SUV kills people. Of course, a modern SUV has lower emissions than an older, even smaller car. Modern cars are so much more efficient and emit so much less than previous generations of cars do. And by the way, the car's already built. You're not going to turn your car back in because someone deflated your tires. But seriously, to go after SUVs of any size, rather than the source of real pollution in the world, China and India, and Brazil, really all of Asia and OPEC and Russia, 
I guess you could add the U.S., although they have one of the lowest emissions per dollar of GDP. It's absurd to talk about your car in British Columbia causing more emissions than the hundreds of coal-fired power plants that China is building right now. Give me a break. But look at how it ends, this pamphlet. The tire extinguishers, and that's their website too, tire extinguishers. They literally couldn't be bothered to buy a spelled correct version. Tire extinguishers with an I. Um, that version was bought by someone who isn't using it, as you can see. And this afternoon, just for fun, I bought tireextinguishers.ca, T-I-R-E, extinguishers.ca, and I have that website pointed to this video uh, because I'm a Canadian, not a foreign meddler like these folks. Now, I don't know what they actually did in Victoria. I don't know if they did anything or if they just said they did. I suppose deflating a tire is different from slashing a tire where you destroy it, but it's not much different. Both immobilize a vehicle. And if you didn't notice when you got in your car, and you wouldn't notice right away, would you? And you could start to drive, and you would, you would notice it soon, but maybe you would have an accident first. What if you drove and you didn't quickly realize what was wrong, and you merged into a busy road and you had an accident, or your car swerved, or you wore quickly down to your rims in traffic. I could think of a whole bunch of things that could go wrong if you start to drive with your tire deflated and you didn't know. If you ran it down on the rims, your tire would indeed be ruined. This is exactly what the criminal code catches by the crime of mischief. Mischief is sort of a general catch-all for minor crimes that are nuisances that aren't the kind of thing you typically go to prison over, that's for sure. The things that actually ruin your community really make it awful. Vandalism, petty thefts, just generally being an antisocial abuser of your neighbors. This is classic mischief that could actually lead to harm, God forbid. And it's confessed to, and it's bragged about. Hey, didn't Tamara Leach, the, the peaceful grandma who inspired the truckers, didn't she get charged with mischief? Actually, I'm not sure if she did. If I recall, I think she was charged with inciting mischief, which is a degree weaker, isn't it? And what? She got 48 days in prison so far. She hasn't been convicted of anything. And she's subject to bizarre and abusive infringements on what she can say and do in public. Banned from even criticizing the government. Thrown in prison again for having a selfie photo with another trucker. That's what happened. So that's what a peaceful grandma did who apparently encouraged some horn honking. She was charged with inciting mischief and thrown in jail. But deflating tires, T-I-R-E-S, well, that's just dandy. Now, I went on their website, T-Y-R-E, extinguishers.com, and they have some pretty bizarre opinions, as you could probably guess. They say, hybrids and electric cars are fair game. We cannot electrify our way out of the climate crisis. There are not enough rare earth metals to replace everyone's car, and the mining of these metals causes suffering. Okay, got it. So they're, they're not really mad at SUVs. They're, they're against all cars, at least ones with brakes on them. That's one of the things they, they're mad about. They're mad about brakes, apparently. 
plus the danger to other road users' stands, they say, as does the air pollution, PM 2.5 pollution is still produced from tires and brake pads. So they don't like anything with brake pads or tires, I, I guess. Then again, bicycles are made from metal too, and they have brakes on them too. And the thing about bicycles is they don't really work well in Canada in the winter or say for, I don't know, a family or or a school bus or an ambulance or a fire truck. This is pure, stupid, malevolent mischief. And gee whiz, not a peep from any politician or police force. But my, my main point is um, th this is going on. This, this is up on the internet right now. They, they have an instructional video on how to deflate tires. That's up on YouTube right now. YouTube will deplatform you. If you question any fundamental narrative about the pandemic, about the vaccines, about the lockdowns, or even if Donald Trump won or lost, but they will let these criminals propagandize just how to deflate tires. That's no problem. These Brits are excited about their Canadian action. You got to read this. Look at this. This is their press release. First action in Western Canada, 34 SUVs disarmed in Victoria, British Columbia. But look at this. The state capital of British Columbia was hit last night by the new tire extinguishers of Victoria who deflated 34 U.S. SUVs. Hey, did you know that British Columbia is a state and Victoria is its state capital? I learned so much about our country from foreign-funded eco-activists, don't you? They talk about one simple tactic deflating the tires of these massive, unnecessary vehicles, causing inconvenience for their owners without endangering any lives in the process. That's dictionary definition mischief, but, but it absolutely does endanger lives. Tampering with the car's tires. I don't think that endangers lives. So, so where's the police response? Now, I'm not looking for riot police. I'm not looking for people to be shot like Trudeau's police shot our reporter, Lex Laval. I'm not looking for a suspension of civil liberties. I'm not even looking for jail time unless some injury or death does arise from this mischief. But I am looking for a denunciation of this by police and by politicians, maybe for crime stoppers to launch a campaign to catch the criminals, for a condemnation of it from, I don't know, the environment minister. Yeah, about that. Alas, Stephen Gilboa, the environment minister, he himself is a convicted criminal in the cause of environmentalist stunts. He would love these guys. For all we know, he funds these guys. Stephen Gilboa is not going to criticize these guys, is he? Stay with us for more. Well, I don't usually spend my time pouring through health statistics, but I don't think any of us expected to until the last two years. Uh, what you see on the screen right now are the leading causes of death for the last 20 years in the province of Alberta, population four and a half million. And I went through all 20 years, by the way, and you can find this too online pretty quickly. And the Top causes of death, they, they move around a little bit, but basically for the last 20 years, it won't surprise you to know that coronary heart disease, cancer, and dementia have been the top causes of death in Alberta 
for about the last 20 years. And even at its height, deaths from COVID in the year 2020 was uh, in number six position. And in 2021, it was in the number three position. Of course, that's high, but it was never the leading cause of death in Alberta. But look at this. Isn't this unusual? Unknown. Unknown is now the number one cause of death in the province of Alberta. Number one, more than cancer, more than coronary heart disease, more than dementia, more than all those other things. Unknown. Is it really unknown? Or is it more they're not allowed to say, do you really believe with all the public health experts and the epidemiologists and all the studies that they just don't know why people are dying? Well, here's a viral video that our next guest put together that is full of that same sense of wonderment and curiosity and bafflement. Why are all these young, healthy people, people who are, you know, in the elite athlete stratum of health, why are they all dying? Take a look at this video. You'll see why it went viral immediately. It's brought to you by Pfizer. CBS Health Watch, sponsored by Pfizer. Anderson Cooper 360. Brought to you by Pfizer. ABC News Nightline. Brought to you by Pfizer. Making a difference. Brought to you by Pfizer. CNN Tonight. Brought to you by Pfizer. Early start. Brought to you by Pfizer. Friday night on Aaron Burnett out front. Brought to you by Pfizer. This week with George Stephanopoulos is brought to you by Pfizer. This weather report brought to you by Pfizer. Today's countdown to the royal wedding is brought to you by Pfizer. And now a CBS Sports update brought to you by Pfizer. Meet the press. Data download. Brought to you by Pfizer. This portion of CBS This Morning sponsored by Pfizer. On how to find the hidden sugars in the American family diet. Sponsored by Pfizer. You know, uh, as I told you the other day, Pfizer paid the largest fine in American history until that point, $2.3 billion, for misleading the public about their products. They've had a variety of fines. Would you rather pay $2.3 billion in fines or would you rather, as you heard in the audio track there, sponsor every journalist, every public affairs show in America? So it was a bit of a juxtaposition, the news brought to you by Pfizer and all these deaths of young athletes. And boy, we just can't figure out, we just don't know why the death toll in Alberta this year, the year after uh, the COVID has receded, why it's just so darn high for those unknowns. Joining us now via Skype from San Diego, California, is the brainchild between that viral video. And he's got an amazing story to tell behind it. I'm talking about Pearson Sharp, he's an author, journalist, traveler, and he's the host of One America News Network. Pearson, it's great to meet you, and good work on that video. How many views has that thing got? Uh, right now, it's got about 21,000 um, likes anyways. But I wanted to make it clear, I didn't put together that video. That was a compilation that someone else put together, and okay. I shared it because... Because I had done the story back in April that used a lot of those same videos and pointed out how many athletes were dying. And so as I commented in the post, you know, uh, Reuters and actually lead stories, not AP, lead stories emailed me and tried to fact check me. And they said, hey, where'd you get this information? We want to uh, we're writing a fact check story about this right now. Hmm. And uh, we've came across your report. And so we wanted to investigate and see if you could share your sources with us. So I emailed them back. 
And I said, well, there's over 800 links at this point. I don't have time to send them all to you. And so I sent them like 20 or 30 links. And I said, you know, basically the stats for these almost 800 athletes, healthy athletes, the average age was 23 years old. They were dying. The stats came from headlines, just straight from headlines. Someone would die and a local news station would report it. And so we went through and collected all those headlines and they're just, how do you argue with that? Yeah. So when I sent them that, their story disappeared. They never published it. They Yesterday, I reached out to Reuters. Mm-hmm. I, I reached out to Reuters and I asked them, I said, hey, did you guys ever do your story? They never responded. Hmm. You know, I'm a little bit older than you, Pearson. And I remember when I was young, the shocking death of an NBA athlete named Len Bias. And it was shocking because he had a heart attack. And, and like people in their late teens, early 20s or professional athletes are really the the healthiest people amongst us. They're training, they're, they're genetically probably a fine species to begin with, a fine specimen. Oh, I mean, no, 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 no. You're, you're wrong about that. They're actually very vulnerable. Okay, it's very common right. for them to just die. I mean, these are the finest specimens. I mean, these people, they walk in the room, they have an energy about them. They're, they're, and the reason this, I, I remember this sudden death of Len Bias, no one could understand it's because he tried cocaine and had allergic reaction. That's how rare it was. Like right. he, if, if a young athlete died of a heart attack, it was so rare that everyone in the whole world want to know how did that happen? Because it's so unusual. As you say, hundreds and hundreds of cases. And um, I, I appreciate your correction that you just publicized that video and you wrote an accompanying news story. The fact that Reuters right. called you up, that's not even a real fact check. That's their way of no, saying we're watching you and how dare right. you and you better be careful because we'll defame you. That's what that is. Right. Well, it's it's interesting they didn't end up publishing it. And what that tells you is they weren't interested in fact checking. They were mm-hmm. interested in discrediting mm-hmm. because you think the point of a fact check was, hey, is this true or not? Oh, it looks like it's true. We're sharing that. Nope, it's true. We're not going to report that. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. Um, I've had some experience with these fact checkers. They seldom fact check p- powerful people. They don't hold right. governments to account. Right. They hold critics of governments to account. They don't speak right. truth to power, which is the conceit of journalists. We're the official opposition. We hold power to account. Right. The fact that they're p- fact checking real journalists who do hold power to account tells you everything they know. And, and I have says to, it all. Yeah, go ahead. When, I just remember the last time she was fact checked. I mean, he just came out and admitted that he was wrong about some of these things. That well, we knew that it didn't provide that much for protection against infection. He says that now. No one fact checked him. No one came back and said, "Well, you, you, that's not what you said before." He came out and said, "Well, I was never for lockdowns. I, I never recommended that we do lockdowns." After he repeatedly tried to lock down the whole world, yeah. no one, you know, where's Reuters contacting him? Where's AP contacting him? They don't. They don't care. That's not part of the narrative. Yeah. You know, it's not just that. I um, I happen to know, and I think you know this too, that that the <laughs> I'm laughing. It's such a laughable conflict of interest that a senior executive of Pfizer is on the board of Reuters. I mean, yeah. the the fusion yeah. of those two companies. Right. It's an enormous conflict of interest. It would be like I don't know. I mean, I I can just only imagine if there was a senior Exxon executive on a fact check that that would try to discredit environmentalists. 
Um, right, you, exactly. You know, the, the journalistic world would not accept that. They'd say you're run by an Exxon executive. If there was a senior tobacco executive that would debunk criticisms of cigarettes, people would say, well, that's laughable. He's a conflict of interest. Even if you happen to agree with tobacco and oil, here you have the big pharmacy not even hiding their links to these fact checkers. And by the way, most of the fact checks are on the Pfizer big pharma narrative. It's just so weird. Of all the things in the world to check, they're obsessed with anyone who dares criticize. Um, yeah, it's, it's so odd yeah. to me. What, what do you yeah, think of these fact checks? Go ahead. Well, I don't know. It's, it's absurd that we've gotten to a point that people are trusting this blindly. You mentioned earlier that um, that Pfizer was the recipient of the largest lawsuit medical fraud in history. And that's not only because they were misleading people, but they were actually bribing doctors to prescribe their medication. That's part of the lawsuit. They were they were fined for that. And now we're supposed to trust this company. And I understand I can understand why the politicians push it. You know, they're all in bed together. I get that. But why do the average the average person, I, I guess they're just misinformed, gullible, naive. They, they want to believe. It's easier to believe that the government is actually looking out for you than it is to believe that, that they're conspiring against you. And we've had the last few years, the most monumental example that we ever could have asked for, that our governments... Canada's especially, oh my God, I feel so bad for you guys up there, that they hate the people. They hate us. And they don't care how many of us they kill. They really don't. It's all about the profit. And if you want to go even darker, it might not even be just for the profit. They might actually be trying to depopulate us. Hmm. So it's it's the most sinister situation you can imagine. And we're in the middle of it. And I don't know how to get out. Yeah. Uh, you know what, what you said there about depopulation, it sounds conspiratorial, but let me play for you a clip of Bill Gates at a TED Talk where he yep. says, he comes up with this uh, pseudo-scientific formula. How do you save the world? Well, he, he comes up with a mathematical formula where he talks about the number of people multiplied by the amount of services per person and the carbon per service. And he says, you've got to get one of these factors in my human formula down to zero and listen to him say it. He says that we need to reduce population. If I mean, I'll let you listen to him directly. He says by 10 to 15%, that would mean by about a billion people. And really weirdly, he says, and I don't understand this, he says vaccines are part of that. Take a listen. It's an average about five tons for everyone on the planet. And somehow we have to make changes that will bring that down to zero. It's been constantly going up. It's only various economic changes that have even flattened it at all. So we have to go from rapidly rising to falling and falling all the way to zero. This equation has four factors, a little bit of multiplication. So you've got a thing on the left, CO2, that you want to get to zero. And that's going to be based on the number of people, the services each person's using on average, the energy on average for each service, and the CO2 being put out uh, per unit of energy. So let's look at each one of these and see how we can get this down to zero. Uh, probably one of these numbers is going to have to get pretty near to zero. Uh, that's back from high school algebra. But let's, let's take a look. Uh, first, we've got population. 
Now, the world today has 6.8 billion people. That's headed up to about 9 billion. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, health care, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15 percent. But there we see an increase of uh, about 1.3. I mean, I, yeah. I don't know how a guy who says we have to get a billion fewer people in the world can also be the same guy who's the chief funder of vaccines and the chief protagonist of vaccines. I don't know if other people like Anthony Fauci share Bill Gates' explicit goal of reducing population by literally a billion people or more, but it is pretty creepy. Last word to you. Do you think these fact checks are here to stay? Do you think it was just a pandemic thing, or do you think it's part of the whole denormalize and defame your opposition between the Joe Biden's proposed disinformation board and these, you know, pharmacy-backed fact checkers. Really, I think it's a way of canceling anyone who has a different opinion. What do you think? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's obvious. This is, it's not going away. It's here to stay. And I think it's going to get a lot worse. This is the only way they can keep us in line is by controlling the information. They know that if we figured out what they were doing, the game would be up. So this is going to be a lot like, you know, Soviet Russia, what's happening in China. They're going to control completely information. And soon enough, they're going to push through their social credit score. And not only are people going to get fact checked for posting wrong information, people are going to lose the ability to go shopping. They won't be able to buy a house. Their bank will close down their accounts. They won't be able to eat. So people are going to be too afraid of thinking the wrong thing or sharing the wrong post or meaning about something to even question what's being told to them. So we're getting into something really dark and sinister right now. Hmm. Well, there he is, Pearson Sharp, author, a journalist, and a broadcaster with One American Network. Thanks so much for joining us today. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Good luck. All right. Thanks. You too. Keep up the fight. Stay with us. More ahead. Hey, welcome back. Well, listen, it was interesting talking to Pearson Sharp. I, I, I was thinking about what he said at the end there, and I, I don't think I would go as far as him. He implies that a lot of the people pushing vaccines literally want to kill a vast swath of the population. I don't think that's a widespread belief at all. I, I think there are some people who positively talk about reducing the world's population, and it's terrifying that Bill Gates is one of them. I mean, that is absolutely true. And there are people who deeply believe in depopulation. That's true. But I think in most cases, people are just misguided or they just think it's so important we vaccinate people, we cannot risk any dissenters. I just think that Pearson overstates it when he, when he describes a significant number of people who want to kill. I just, I just have to believe that's not widespread at all. And I have to believe that Pfizer is not motivated by that either. They're just motivated by making money. I, I think Pfizer's motives are, are pretty clear. They just want to cash in on the biggest public health scare in history. I do not think that Pfizer wants to kill people. But that weirdo Bill Gates, yeah, he's pretty plain about his desires, isn't he? Here's some letters. Mike Will Black, if I'm saying that right, says, Smith is wrong regarding global warming. And I just cannot support that. I assume you're talking about Danielle Smith, the candidate for um, uh, the UCP party in Alberta. Um, I, I think that anyone who in 2022 thinks that you can convince your way past the Greenpeaces of the world, 
to get their permission for you to pump oil and gas, I think is a fool's errand. They will never be appeased. As you saw by the tire extinguishers, they don't even believe in electric cars anymore. They don't even believe in cars with brakes anymore. You will never reason with these unreasonable people. So stop buying their junk science. Stop saying you believe in the theory of man-made global warming unless you truly do. And why would you believe in that except for based on sheer faith? Carol Brinton says we should have 30% less Trudeau, Schwab, World Economic Forum, etc. In other words, less foolish and suicidal ideas. Yeah, there's something very demoralizing about a society that is devouring itself morally, physically, that undermines good things and pumps up bad things. There's something deeply wrong with our education and our culture that's doing that. I don't understand it fully. Doug Gary says Alberta will never get a fair deal from Canada. Separation is the only answer. Well, let me put to you the case of Quebec. Quebec is not separated. In fact, they sort of run the show in a number of ways. They have another prime minister from Quebec right now, don't they? They have three out of the nine seats on the Supreme Court guaranteed to them. They have mandatory bilingualism across the country, including, say, Vancouver's International Airport, though, of course... Chinese is the second language there, not French. Um, Quebec has a say over their policing, over their immigration, over their pension fund. They collect their taxes. All of that done without separating, but it was done with the threat of separatism, with the or else. One thing I think you can learn from great negotiators, Donald Trump being an example of that, is you have to be prepared to walk away from the deal to get a good deal. If people know you won't walk away, they'll just hold the line and you, they'll know you'll come to them. I think that Alberta has lacked that or else. Some people say it's time. That's our show for today. Until tomorrow, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters, to you at home, good night. And keep fighting for freedom. Tamara Ugolini here with Rebel News. Now, some of you may recall the interview that I did last week with professional engineer Ken Drysdale. He has compiled an 89-page forensic report titled Investigation into Criminal Allegations Concerning the COVID-19 Response. In that interview, we discuss his initiative to present this report to police stations across Canada, urging them to initiate a criminal investigation into the COVID-19 response. In that interview, Ken also made an astonishing finding when he looked specifically into the risk of COVID to pregnant women and balanced it with the unknowns of the COVID injectables rolled out to that demographic by our government and medical officials as safe and effective. The effects that this injection is having on women's reproductive health is a phenomenon that is becoming increasingly difficult for even the mainstream media to ignore, as evidenced by this particular headline that validated the literally bloody suffering faced by an astronomical 42% of those with regular menstrual cycles. It's not new to me. I've discussed women's reproductive health several times before on the Rebel platform, twice with biochemist, microbiologist, and immunologist Dr. Jessica Rose, and in other written pieces showing the evolution of science around the COVID injectables that began rolling out in December of 2020. Most recently, I interviewed Dr. Shoemaker, who made an alarming discovery that out of 29 documented pregnancy outcomes from Pfizer's own data, 28 of those pregnancies resulted in fetal death. Immunologist and virologist Dr. Byron Bridal, who I've also interviewed on the dangers of these injections, 
published a Substack paper that confirms this astounding 97% baby death rate. And Ken Drysdale takes an extremely pragmatic approach in that he doesn't question any of the data. He simply interprets it exactly as it is and tries to hone in on the risk versus benefit profile for pregnant women. And here is what he found. One of the things that really, really upset me when I saw it, and I, and I just stumbled upon doing it because we had uh, friends of ours who were pregnant at the time and the gynecologist was constantly telling the lady, you got to get the shot, got to get the shot. And the husband didn't want them to because there were so many unknowns. So we looked at a bunch of things there. We looked at statistics as to how many women in that in the childbearing years um, died of COVID. We looked at how many died of all kinds of other things. We also looked at exactly what Pfizer was saying about their own drugs. So we got the monograph and the monograph, for those of you who don't know, is a little piece of paper that's inside the drug vial. When you leave the pharmacy, most people throw it away. It's a big document. We reproduced that in our report verbatim. We didn't change it. And, and, the, and what, we, what we're after there was, you know, everything you do in life has risk associated with it. So we wanted to see what Pfizer knew or didn't know and what they told the government about their drug concerning pregnancies. And we wanted to examine what the risk to a pregnant woman was of actually contracting the disease and dying of it. And again, it was shocking to us what we found. You know, I'm old enough to remember the thalidomide crisis and what that did to people and, and what we should have learned about that. And so the first thing we did again, we looked at the monograph and what Pfizer said in their monograph, and it's again, it's reproduced on page 41 of our report, fertility. It is unknown whether comernity, comernity is Pfizer's name for their vaccine, has an impact on fertility. Pregnant women, the safety and efficacy of comernity in pregnant women has not been established. It is unknown whether comernity is excreted in human milk. Pediatrics, the safety and efficacy of comernity in children under five has not been established. They didn't look at toxicity. The carcinogenity, in other words, can it cause cancer? Carcinogenic potential was not assessed. This is what Pfizer said. And then if you looked at what the uh, province of Manitoba were telling pregnant women, they were saying it was safe. They were monitoring it. The vaccines have been used for 50 years and they were one of the greatest things ever that ever occurred in, in medicine. And, and don't be worried. We've done the greatest bit of science on this and, and it's safe and we're monitoring you. We got you. We got your back is what they said. Keep in mind, this is what Pfizer said about their own drug. But then, so we looked at that. There's a lot of unknowns there. What effect does it have on pregnant women? We don't know. What effect does it have on pregnant uh, fertility? We don't know. So we looked at the odds of what were the odds of a woman who was pregnant, dying, getting COVID and dying. So we defined uh, childbearing years as between 20 and 39. And Statistics Canada said the average was 31.2. And there were 5 million, almost 5.1 million uh, women in Canada between the ages of 20 and 39. Of that, in 2020, 2,800 women died for whatever reason in that age group. That meant your chance of dying just because was about one in 1800. Now, Statistics Canada also reported that in that age group, 20 women contracted and died of COVID. That means your chance of contracting and dying of COVID was one and a quarter of a million. 
Your chance of just dying from murder, suicide, cancer, one in 1,800. Your chance of dying from COVID, one in a quarter of a million. Now, to put that in perspective a little bit, we also looked at what the chances were of a woman dying just from being pregnant. And there were 24 of those in Canada that year. And when you looked at how many women had gotten pregnant and how many women died, the chances of you dying from just getting pregnant were one in 15,000. So I just want to repeat that because it's important. Your chance of contracting COVID and dying was one in a quarter of a million. Your chance of dying from simply being pregnant was one in 15,000. So there were 20 COVID deaths. There were 29 influenza deaths. There were 855 accidents, 341 suicides, and 39 murders. 341 suicides compared to 20 COVID deaths. Can you imagine what, how many lives we could have saved if we would have spent those billions and billions of dollars on suicide prevention rather than COVID death prevention, which was questionable anyway? So what that analysis told us was, I can only speak for myself, but I have a 50-50 chance of dying from something, and I have a 25% chance of dying from the solution. I'm going to take the solution. But when the risk of you dying from this is one and a quarter of a million, and you have no idea whether or not it's going to affect your baby, whether it's carcinogenic, whether you're going to breastfeed it into the baby, what effects it has on your fertility, who in the world would go ahead and take that? So the question becomes, how did the uh, gynecologists and pediatric doctors recommend this when they had this information long before I did? Sadly, as more information continues to trickle out, it appears that the cure, if we can even call it that, since it doesn't prevent infection or transmission and has questionable effects on severe outcomes, is far worse than the disease. A risk versus benefit calculation is crucial to informed consent, and yet Canadians have arguably been robbed of that fundamental component of medical ethics throughout the rollout of these injections on the entire population. For Rebel News, I'm Tamara Ugolini.